Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Blow up. Welcome, everybody, to the Friday, July 3rd edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, and we got some more news to dig into today. Some juicy nuggets as far as what training camp may look like, continuing to get more information on how the NFL is planning on pivoting and changing and swinging the standard to allow for as clean of a transition into playing football this fall as possible. And in addition, some numbers, some key numbers, courtesy of NFL Next Gen Stats on the Miami Dolphins wide receiver room, which is one of the more polarizing position groups on the team at this point in time because the Dolphins elected not to address that position, instead prioritizing more of the core and line of scrimmage of the roster, which I think was the right move. But where Dolphins fans believe this wide receiver room stands now is up for debate. And I have some numbers that I think might be of interest to you. But we're going to start with the news that's coming out as far as how the NFL may be electing to handle training camp and roster sizes specifically for training camp. The latest rumor from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald indicates that the NFL will be pushing teams to bring fewer players to training camp amid the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic in an effort to reduce the odds of contamination amongst NFL circles. Jackson wrote yesterday on social media, I spoke to NFL people this week who expect NFL to successfully push teams to bring fewer players to camp, such as 75 or 80, in exchange for larger practice squads, other concessions because of COVID. The Dolphins currently hold 87 players on their roster, so the team may have to make some difficult decisions sooner rather than later as it pertains to which players they will be carrying into training camp at the end of the month. Although with the Dolphins and the immediate aftermath of the 2020 NFL Draft, the team was in no rush to fill the vacant spots that they have. They're eligible to hold up to 91 players on their active roster at this point in time because they had a roster exemption for an international player that was brought over uh, as a part of the NFL's international initiative during the 2019 season. So for Miami to have elected not to fill those roster spots, they've done themselves a favor in, in potentially not adding in new veteran players who may be short-term fixtures for the Dolphins and cutting down on the opportunities that will be faced for their younger talents. The Dolphins in 2019 reaped the benefits of Nick Needham, Preston Williams, those being the two most obvious undrafted free agents to come into camp and carve out a spot for themselves on the roster and that will be a challenge for every NFL team this year because if you don't have the bodies to bring younger, less established players in to prove themselves, you're going to have to trust what your college scouting was. You're going to have to trust their mental aptitude to carry and identify their responsibilities. And that is going to make a lot of these decisions for you. You're going to see some players that inevitably slip through the cracks. And for a young team like the Dolphins, 
who is in the middle of some turnover, that is an unenviable place to be. But thankfully, because the Dolphins did not fill up those open spots with established veterans like a Jadavion Clowney or a Logan Ryan, it's going to give this team the opportunity to carry whether the NFL sets the cutoff for training camp rosters at 75 or 80, the Dolphins will have to make fewer difficult decisions versus some of the other teams in the league because they already have less players, and it seems as though they like what they have. Which players from the 87 would ultimately get cut down if and when this mandate is passed down to NFL teams? That's a completely different story, and that is a difficult slew of decisions that the Dolphins need to make. But one thing you can be certain of is regardless of which young players are cut from the team, the Dolphins are still going to have one of the youngest rosters in football, and they are still going to have plenty of untapped potential at their disposal because this team has so many players who are in their first, second, and third years in the NFL. Now, for the sake of today's show, what I do want to do is I want to work through and identify which players we would cut. If we were going to cut, let's say it's 75. Okay, The Dolphins have 87 players under their control at this point in time. That means the Dolphins would need to cut 12 players before they get to camp. Who are those players? Why would we cut them? As you look through uh, the Dolphins' depth chart specifically, this team currently has four quarterbacks. I don't necessarily think it's super important to carry Jake Rudock on the roster, but I wouldn't prioritize him immediately off the jump as being a cut candidate. So trying to keep proportions right, most of the Dolphins' roster is invested into the secondary, wide receivers, and offensive linemen. The places, you know, two of those three being places uh, that the Dolphins built themselves up uh, in 2020 offseason. Looking for 12 names. Some names that jump off to me as logical, probably not going to make the roster, probably not going to have an impact on this team. Uh, undrafted free agents such as Ray Lima and Bryce Stark jump off at me. I'm going to leave Tyshun Render on for now. This is the dude uh, who Bill Belichick went out to the pro day and like stood in the rain and watched him work out. So that's two in Stark and Ray Lima. If I look at the offensive line, I'm not going to cut Deion Calhoun yet. I don't think Deion Calhoun makes the active roster, but Jonathan Hubbard, Nick Kaltmeyer, I think those are two logical cuts for the Dolphins as well. I look at the receiver group. Man, this is tough. They brought back Ricardo Lewis. They clearly think something is there with Ricardo Lewis. I'm probably going to have to pick one of Matt Cole or Kirk Merritt. I think Kirk Merritt... More exciting athlete, has some a former high-prized recruit. So I'll cut Matt Cole. That's going to bring us to five. We're almost halfway there. If I look to the secondary, I can comfortably get rid of uh, Nate Brooks and Ryan Lewis. I might have to cut one more, uh, but I'm going to be content with those two for now. Uh, Kylan Johnson. 
UDFA linebacker, which brings us to eight. So I still need four players. Uh, outside linebacker James Crawford, who was off of waivers from Green Bay. He'll be on the chopping block. So now we're at nine. Probably Jake Rudock to get to ten. I might, mm, I kind of want to cut one of these backs. Namely, Kalen Balaj, because I don't think there's any way he makes the roster. So we can fast-track that, right? Let's do that. Let's cut Kalen Balaj. I don't think Balaj seemed like he had a bad attitude last year, saying that he had nothing to prove when he was averaging less than two yards of carry. He got hurt. New regime. I don't think he shows an attractive vision, and I think the Dolphins in their evaluation year, if we had to do the numbers game where I'm not cutting down on like guys like Donnell Stanley and guys like that who might make this roster, I'd probably drop off Kalen Balaj and go ahead and give me Adam Pankey uh, into your offensive lineman because uh, I want to keep Deion Calhoun obviously started for Miami a bit last year. Danny Estora uh, spent some time in Minnesota. They're a little bit more established bodies. So that's my 12th. That gets Miami to the needed cut down of 75 in this hypothetical. Quick read-through of these names one more time. Wide receiver Matt Cole, cut. Jonathan Hubbard, cut. Nick Kaltmeyer, cut. Adam Pankey, cut. Kalen Balaj, cut. Ray Lima, cut. Bryce Sterk, cut. Kylan Johnson, cut. James Crawford, cut. Ryan Lewis, Nate Brooks, and quarterback Jake Rudock. All cut from the Dolphins. And Dolphins having three uh, notable quarterbacks, I think, makes Rudock an easier cut to process, even though he's kind of lingered around a little bit. He's a likable player. Uh, but he hasn't really had the opportunity to latch on anywhere else either. So I think the Dolphins will get an opportunity uh, to potentially bring him back uh, especially with some of the restrictions that with with travel too, so teams aren't going to be as ambitious to pluck uh, players from other teams as well. So maybe no long term ramifications of these cuts, uh, but I do think it's important for Miami to try and maintain some of the young, promising, unproven depth at some key positions that they've been really invested in improving upon if they have to cut the roster down from 87 to 75. Now, if they don't have to cut down to 80, that's cherry on the top. I get five of those players back. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for all of the auto and body parts that you might need from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your front door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com 
Let's talk about weapons, specifically as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins and their quarterbacks and what they have at their disposal and how it fits the puzzle of what style of offense uh, the Dolphins are going to run. This kind of bridged from question that I received earlier in the week on Power to the Pod, which asked what could possibly go wrong about styling the offense the way the Dolphins are presumably going to be constructing and blueprinting their offense to work in 2019. And one of the primary takeaways of, well, when you run a spread and you space the field and the ball's out so quickly, you help your pass protectors. You cut down on pass rush. But you got to have weapons that can create explosive plays with the ball in their hands. Otherwise, what you're going to end up doing is playing inside a box. And that box is going to be more congested. You're not going to see as many deep safeties 12-plus yards off the ball that's going to give you room to work. They're going to crowd you because they know you just want to get that ball out of your hand really, really quick, right? So I decided to look at next-gen stats, courtesy of NFL.com, and kind of explore some numbers for the Dolphins receivers, courtesy of next-gen stats, and how those pieces fit within the style of play the Dolphins were expecting them to play this year. First thing I took away, it became very apparent why the Dolphins kept Albert Wilson. So Albert Wilson, fifth highest cushion pre-snap of all qualifying receivers in the NFL last year. He had almost seven yards of space at the snap on average every play. So one of the luxuries of being a slot guy, right? You are by design not going to have a ton of reps where a guy's going to be in your face. They're going to have, you know, safety leveraged over top you or a nickel guy who's going to split the difference between a couple of guys if they're playing zone. Albert Wilson, 6.9 nice yards of separation at the snap per play. Only Ted Ginn, Corey Davis, Robert Woods, and Calvin Ridley got more space to work with at the snap than Albert Wilson did last year. And Albert Wilson had the sixth highest level of separation in the NFL when the ball arrived to him on targets. So fifth highest pre-snap and sixth highest separation before the snap. 3.5 yards of separation. When he was targeted, he was open. It's good news. Until you get down to see that Albert Wilson had the third lowest average air yards per target last year. His average distance beyond the line of scrimmage was 5 yards, 5.2 yards. The third shortest average target distance. Remember when Adam Gase was here and Jarvis Landry had like 40% of his routes that were run inside of 5 yards of the line of scrimmage or behind it? That's Albert Wilson last year. Which would be fine if you had healthy Albert Wilson. We didn't have healthy Albert Wilson last year. So as a result, Albert Wilson, uh, he was the best run-after-catch threat on the team. And he got 4.3 yards after the catch per average on every catch. And, And how good is that? That's a little later in the discussion. Stick with me. So Albert Wilson. All this space to work with before the snap. 
all this space after the catch. But if you take the, the distance and separation from the next closest defender to him when he caught the ball, it was 3.5 yards, and then account for he added 4.3 yards on average after the catch, he's creating technically less than one additional yard after the catch versus the distance of him closing the space between him and the next closest defender. But when you think about that much space to work, those kind of quick-hitting routes, what he, when he's healthy, and when he has the explosiveness back that he was missing for 2018, what he's capable of, that's the kind of threat that can win a lot in this offense, especially from the slot. So Miami renegotiating his contract saying, look, Bert, we love you, but you're due 10, almost 11 mil this year. You caught 43 balls for like 350 yards. Can we talk about this? And they got something worked out. And then that way they didn't have to invest a valuable draft pick that could have gone to addressing the trenches of the secondary to the wide receiver. So from a next-gen stats perspective, Burt Wilson, clean transition. Uh, the Dolphins, you know, they, they've got tiny, shifty little Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant in the slot. But their size presence is very much in line with what Chan Gailey's past pass catchers have been like with Devontae Parker at six foot three and Preston Williams at six foot five, Mike Isecki at six foot six. Like they're monsters for size, which is a good problem to have. Uh, but one of the byproducts of all that size is Devontae Parker and Preston Williams were tied for the third lowest average separation on receptions in the entire NFL just over two yards of separation on average. Now, their depth of target was much deeper, like three times deeper than that of Albert Wilson. Uh, they put, they got the opportunities to push a little bit more, and, and obviously the ball being aligned out, outside, more opportunities to attack one-on-one coverage and not have to deal with leverage defenders over top of you. But it is worth noting, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, for all their size, tied for the third least separation on targets in 2019. The good news, Devontae Parker caught more contested throws than any other receiver in football last year, and that's classified as targets in which there's a defender within one yard of you when the ball arrives. And he had the second most receiving yards with 400 of any NFL wide receiver in contested situations with 400 receiving yards last year coming in contested targets. So, style of play, not super friendly for yards after catch because there's defenders in much closer vicinity to them as the ball arrives. But they win in those tight spaces, and that goes back to when we talked about Benjamin Solak and what he did for the contextualized quarterback and charting of the 2020 NFL draft class. Tua was not charged with throwing into a lot of tight windows, but when he did, his accuracy and ball placement tops in the class. We feel okay about that. But Tua got a ton of yardage production in yards after catch. And he's not going to get that in Miami. And this has kind of been the, the drum that I've been beating on as far as why I think it is important for the Dolphins to, in 2021, focus on upgrading the wide receiver position uh, with some explosiveness. Here is the yards per catch 
in descending order of Dolphins receivers and where they qualify amongst qualifying targets in the NFL, which I think it was like, I think, I think next gen stats cutoff was 40 targets or 40 receptions. Albert Wilson, 4.3 yards per catch. Highest on the Dolphins, 74th best in the NFL amongst qualifying receivers last year. Devontae Parker, 4.2 yards after the catch, per catch. 76th amongst qualifying receiving targets in the NFL last year. Mike Gusecki, 3.9 yards after the catch, per catch. Sixth worst amongst qualifying tight ends in the NFL last year. And Preston Williams, 2.4 yards after the catch, per catch. The fifth worst total in the NFL amongst qualifying receivers last year. Nobody wins after the catch. Nobody. Now, you can sit here and say, well, if Albert Wilson's healthy, if we can get Jakeem Grant, but Jakeem Grant can runs this, to which I would say, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas, right? That was, uh, my junior high football coach said that to us when we would say yes, but, or, or if, no excuses, period. That's kind of just, they haven't been able to do that. If Albert Wilson's healthy, well, he didn't look healthy last year. If we can get Jakeem Grant for 16 games, he's been on IR to end the last two seasons. So if they go out and they prove it this year, terrific. We can revisit the conversation. But if we're going to unlock the same explosiveness that Tua had at Alabama as a quarterback, His weapons need to be able to create explosive plays with the ball in their hands, and they have to be reliable, long-term pieces. Even Devontae Parker. 12 months ago, what did you as a Dolphins fan think of Devontae Parker? I'm all in on Devontae now. I was super mad when they announced that they were restructuring to keep him because I didn't believe in him. But the Dolphins and their coaching staff have done an amazing job of developing confidence in his game. It was never a physical thing with him. It was a a mental thing, a preparation thing, a confidence thing, a durability thing. He's taking care of that, and he's approaching the game like a professional, and he seems to have everything in order. But let's at least be honest. He's done it for one year. I'm more willing to get on board with a guy who's done it for one year in Devontae Parker than Preston Williams with an eight-game sample size, or Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant as dudes who continue to battle durability and have been in the league for four-plus years. I think it's worth acknowledging. I don't think it's going to be super problematic in year one, but I do think we we do run the risk of seeing this Dolphins offense play uh, in short spaces and have teams sit on their underneath routes. And then that's where the play-action passing is going to have to get really important because otherwise you're going to run the risk of being really congested inside of 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. If you can hit some back shoulder throws, play-action, deep posts to Devontae, let him sky up and go up and, and go above the rim and get that ball from a safety, we'll be fine. 
But I do think as we think about the Dolphins and this offense and what we're gearing towards doing versus what we have now, I think we need a little bit more balance with run-after-the-catch threats. And that's why you'll hear me advocate for whether it's Jalen Waddell or Devonta Smith or Rondale Moore in the NFL draft next year. Like some really fun weapons that as guys that are explosive, speedy, dynamic, with the ball in their hands. Now, some of these guys, provided college guys get a chance to play, Rondale Moore is a good example. He's going to have to stay healthy too because he missed some time last year with injury. He's a smaller dude, much like a Jakeem Grant or an Albert Wilson. He may not be a fit that I feel super comfortable with committing to with a really high draft selection if he plays and gets hurt again this year. You can't control injuries, but at some point you got to read the writing on the wall and, and, and read what it's telling you. And we're at that point in the offseason now where, you know, we're three weeks away from the rookies reporting for the Dolphins. And this is a good chance to kind of put some, some critical questions for the Dolphins under the microscope. And I really enjoy doing it with this specifically. And if you have anything else you'd like to see me put under the microscope and look at some deeper analytics for love to hear from you you could tweet at me i'm at grinding the tape on twitter for my personal account the podcast is locked on fins with a ph you could leave me a review on the show and leave it as a power to the pod question if you want something specifically in a whole show committed to it i'm all all ears as well you guys can find me on social media kyle crabs really thankful for you taking some time out of your friday to listen i hope you guys enjoy your weekend enjoy the fourth of july kyle crabs signing off Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I hope to see you all again on Monday.